Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Yeah. Man, our creative team is absolutely incredible. Man, we love you guys. <laughs> hey, let's jump into Sushi Sex and Subtitles round four. Let's go. So... Uh, if you're new to TC and maybe you came today and you have not heard about this madness and you're like, what is going on? Every year we do a series on uh, relationships, sex, and marriage. Uh, and so uh, it's always outlandish, it's always provocative, and it always gets people attention, people's attention. And so uh, you're here for that in case you didn't know. And so welcome. We're super pumped. We're going we're gonna to get ready to jump straight in. How many guys have ever gone out to eat with somebody before and you were like, hey, let's share. And then they start talking about what they wanted. Anybody ever done that before? Like, hey, let's share a pizza. And they're like, all right, perfect. And the lady comes, she's like, what do you want? And they're like, um, I'm a big fan of like bell peppers and anchovies. And you're like, what? Right? Um, or they're like, can we get some pineapple and ham? No, don't start with this. Don't start. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm sorry. I'm, listen, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm a pepperoni, sausage, bacon, ham, and cheese only kind of person myself. All right. So uh, bring on all the animals that we killed in the process of making this pizza. I'm here for that. All right. All the food they eat, I don't want it on my pizza. Okay. So, uh, but I, I'm, I'm here for that. And so uh, I, I, every time we go, when I share with people, the first question is, I'm like, do you eat vegetables on your pizza? If they say yes. I'm like, you're getting your own, brother. I'm not going to be a part of that. All right. Um, and uh, one time, I'll never forget, I was, I went to uh, an ice cream place with just like some friends. And so I was like, man, what do I want? And I was really in the mood for a banana split. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, have y'all ever been there before? It was like, <clears throat> you, that, I feel like that's the Cadillac like of ice creams. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, like oh, you, you got paid today. You can get the banana split. That's what I feel like happened. And so I was in the mood for a banana split. And, but I didn't know if I wanted a whole one, man. So uh, I was talking to uh, someone else that was there. I was like, hey, do you want to share a banana split? And they were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, all right, bet. Let's go in. So uh, we're, we're sharing this banana split. Um, and then we get ready to order. And this person is like, but I only want vanilla ice cream. I said, honey, that's not a banana split. That's just... Vanilla ice cream with some banana. You got to have the vanilla, then the chocolate. Come on. Then the chocolate. Oh, she said, and I'm allergic to nuts. I'm like, all right. And she said, uh, and I don't want chocolate syrup on it either. I said, you want bananas and vanilla ice cream. That's what you want. She was like, yeah, and the cherries. I said, you're getting your own. I'm buying my own banana. I'm not playing with this, right? How many of us have ever gone into a situation thinking it was going to be different than what than we thought it was, right? And uh, in both situations, whether it was the pizza situation or the ice cream situation, I went in and I was like, man, like I'm fixing to get everything I want. And then I get there and it's not going to be everything I want or I'm going to have to do it all on my own. And maybe you've been in relationship situations where you went, with, went in with an unrealistic expectation of what you were going to get back. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. And as we were prepping for this series, I kind of asked some people in our church, I said, what, what are the things about marriage you thought it was going to be like that it just wasn't? Because how many married folks in here know it's not what you thought it was? Come on, you can, you can say amen, fellas, you can say amen. That was all ladies that responded right there. How many, everybody knows it here. I'm not saying it's bad, it's just different than you thought it was. 
All right, there's your out, fellas. All right, so I didn't say it was terrible. It's just different than you thought it was, right? And so I asked, I said, what are the things, what are some of the things you didn't realize about marriage, right? And I put this on Instagram. This is just some of the answers we got back. This first one said, I didn't realize marriage wouldn't feel uh, like, <laughs> what is it? I didn't realize marriage wouldn't feel like endless sleepovers with my best friend. I was like, yeah, no, that's not it, <laughs> right? I didn't realize marriage would be a lot of, I don't care, whatever you want. Wow, I, I didn't think that was as bad as y'all. Y'all like, ooh. <laughs> I think it just is what it is, right? I didn't realize marriage would require so much work. In Jesus' name, be blessed, all right? <laughs> Single folks, right? <laughs> uh, I didn't realize my spouse would be able to get on my nerves so well. And you notice I didn't put names of answers on here, right? I just, it's very anonymous, you know. Uh, so I, I didn't realize my spouse would be able to get on my nerves. So how many guys know your spouse knows how to just push the right button? Come on. They're like, oh, there it is. Boom. It's like, oh, you want to throw a rock at this house? Watch this, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so yeah, absolutely. I, di- I, I didn't realize my spouse would be able to get on my nerves. So uh, I didn't realize my spouse would show up much later in life than I anticipated. That was when we got back. Actually, a few times, a few people said that uh, they figured they would be happily married by 24, 28, 30, 32. And, and some people are in their late 40s and even early 50s. And, and they still haven't found that person that God has for them. So that, I, I thought my spouse would show up a lot earlier in life than, uh, than I thought. And so uh, next one, I didn't realize my future would be just as uncertain after I got married. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they think that marriage is going to solve a lot of the uncertainty questions in life, um, and it doesn't. It just adds another person to your uncertainty. Come on, right? So I'm just as lost. I still don't like my job. I still don't know what I'm doing with this degree. Now I just have somebody else with me as I don't know what I'm doing, right? So that's, <clears throat> that's essentially marriage. So uh, all of you that aren't married yet, be encouraged in Jesus' name, all right? So, so. I want to help you out for just a, just a few minutes this morning. And for the record, this whole series, it's whether you're single, it's for you. Whether you're engaged, it's for you. Whether you're married, it's for you. The reason this is so important is if you're single, we want to help you know what a healthy marriage looks like so you know what you're pursuing. If you're married, we want to know what a healthy, a healthy relationship, healthy marriage looks like so you know what you're building, all right? But either way, it should be our desire to find these things. It should be our desire to build these things. And quite frankly, it should be our desire to know what it is we're trying to see in marriage. Because listen to me, if God said that marriage is a reflection of how Christ loves the church, that our marriage should reflect Christ appropriately, and so when our marriage doesn't look, when our marriage doesn't look, how Jesus, look like how Jesus loves the church, then we need to fix something over here. And so what do we need to do? We need to kind of approach these relationships that way. So I want to destroy some of the myths about marriage for just a second. Can I do that? Can I destroy just a few myths about marriage? The first thing I think is in your notes, you are not going to marry the person of your dreams. Let me just help you out. You are not going to, now some of you are looking at your spouse like, I'm not the person of, they're not going to be honest with you, right? You're not going to marry the person of your dreams. You want to know why? Because many of you, and especially ladies, I feel like ladies were a lot more, like, I feel like some of you ladies were more guilty about this than men are. Can I just be honest with you? You kind of made a checklist. You're like, he's going to be this and this and this. 
And honey, if you get two out of eight, you're doing fantastic, all right, on that list, right? He's going to love puppies and have washboard abs and be a millionaire. I'm never going to have to work. It's like, listen, you need to just bring that down a little bit, okay? Like, he might tolerate cats. Or so, just kidding. You need to kick that person. No, all right, so, but you're not going to marry the person of your dreams. And listen, you need to go ahead and settle on that. Because if you're only looking, let me just be honest with some of you, especially some of you that are still in single mode, if you're looking for the person of your dreams, you're going to be looking for a long time. Because marriage isn't about finding the person of your dreams. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but marriage is about far more than that, right? Relationships aren't about finding the person of your dreams. It's about far more than that, right? Can I just, let me go ahead and just put it in the way that it really is. You're not going to marry the person of your dreams. You're going to marry the person of your desires, so it's not the person of your dreams, you're going to marry the person of your desires. So what does that mean? Let me help you out for just a second. What does it look like to marry the person of your desires? If you do currently desire to have money, you're going to marry a person that's going to help you get that. The problem is, and this is just something I want to put in front of you, if, if their driving motivation is money and not marriage, now you're in a marriage with someone that's married to money. And so you're going to battle and struggle with being second place to their dreams and ambitions right? So you're going to marry the person of your desires. If your primary goal, right, is to uh, spend all your time with the person that you're married to, but their desire isn't to spend all their time with you, you're going to be constantly frustrated, right? Because that's not their desire. So the reality is you're not going to marry the person of your dreams. You're going to marry the person of your desires. But the next thing I want you to understand is the person of your desires has their own desires, so you think you're getting into something special. You think you're going to have someone amazing. You think you're going to have all these. Can we just be honest? The reality is you have desires for your marriage. Look at your neighbor and say, I have desires, right? But guess what? The person you're marrying has desires too. And has any married folks in here realized those don't always line up? Can, can, hey, all right, there's only four. Y'all are, ooh, don't do this. Just because you're sitting next to him right now. Don't, y'all going to get home. Y'all going to be like, so what are your desires? <laughs> All the men in the house are going to be like, honey, I gave up on that 15 years ago. I'm not even. <laughs> can, ladies, can we help you? Our desire is peace. That's what we want. We want peace. That's, that's our desire. <laughs> and the ladies are like, you have a funny way of going about getting that, don't you? Anyways, all right, so. Ta-da. All right, so you have, you're going to marry the person of your desires, but the person of your desires also has their desires. This is important that you understand because you need to have real conversations with people that you're in relationships with to understand what is it that their heart wants and what is it that your heart wants, right? Because those things are super important because, hear me, you're in a pursuit after both of those things together whether you realize it or not. And so you're actually on this journey together. The next thing you need to understand, you will be expected to be the person of their dreams. So you're not marrying the person of your dreams, but you're still going to be expected to be the, be the person of their dreams. So how many guys know you're going into a marriage and the other person has very unrealistic expectations of you? Anybody ever gotten married before and you realize they do a lot of things that get on your nerves? So that's how you fold towels. You mean to tell me 
that's where you put your shoes? You mean to tell me <laughs> that's how loud you are when you wake up in the morning? Because, listen, one person's a ninja and the other person's a one-man wrecking crew, right? How many of y'all know you marry the opposite version of you, right? When I wake up in the morning, I'm tiptoeing through the house. I'm opening the door with two fingers, sliding out, moving things around, right? Ashley wakes up in the morning, goosh, 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 slings the door open, hits the wall, go, 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 you know what I mean? Like, oh, these clothes aren't quite dry yet. Ding, da, 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 ding, ding, ding. Soon, slam! Dink! Right? And so, then she comes over to give me a kiss goodbye, right? And she's like, hey, I just want to let you know. I'm leaving for work. I'm like, oh, I know. I've known for the last 35 minutes you were leaving for work, right? So, the reality is, right? They're not always the person of your dreams. Every person you get into a relationship with is going to have certain things about them that kind of can start to drive you crazy. But as you come to the the realization within yourself that they're not going to be the person of your dreams, hear me, you're still going to have expectations on you from them. They're going to have an expectation of you. And so you have to be very honest about who you're able to be in this relationship. Because hear me, I've seen far too many people sacrifice everything in themselves to try to be for that person what they needed to be. And they lost who they were and who God made them in the process of trying to become somebody else. And so you also have to realize that God wants you to be who he made you to be. And marriage is constantly trying to marry those two ideas together. So what's the bottom line for this? It's this basic idea. Marriage is just a lifelong commitment of compromise. Marriage is a lifelong commitment to compromise. By compromise, I mean my wife's name, if you haven't figured out, is Ashley. Ashley, what do you want to eat tonight? I don't care. All right. So here are three restaurants. Which one of these would you like? knowing I really want number two all the time, okay? So I put one in there that I think she'll like. I put one in there that I really want, which is usually sushi. Um, And then I put a third one in there that honestly, neither one of us want, all right? But if I give her three options and one of them is one that neither one of us want, I really know we have two options, okay? So that's just like, fellas, you need to learn how to play that game, all right? So a little life hack for you. Put one in there that's not even really on the list and you only have two places to choose from. All right, so... Uh, so I, I put one of those in there, and so what it really means is, babe, do you want this place, which I know you're really going to like? Uh, in my case, it's because it's cheap, and she's cheap. So uh, so do you want this place, or do you want sushi? Uh, and inevitably, she chooses the other place. All right, we never get to eat sushi when we go out. I'm just kidding. We eat there all the time. But it's commitment. We're constantly committing, listen, to compromise. Your marriage is a lifelong commitment to finding the the line between where you are and where your spouse is. Whether it's financially, whether it's what you want to purchase, whether it's where you're going, whether, like, listen, it's constant compromise. Praise God on the days that you wake up on the same page, right? So whenever I look at Ashley and I'm like, hey, instead of going out to dinner tonight, let's just go to Chick-fil-A. It's like the clouds parted and a beam of light came down from heaven and shined on me in that moment. She's like, I love you. You're amazing. She's like, can we go to Target too? And I'm like, woman, don't push it now, all right? Compromise. (laughs) 
Romans 12.10. I know some of you are like, what does this have to do? Romans 12.10. Let's go there. It says this. Be devoted to one another in love. Outdo one another in showing honor. There's a lot of passages in the Bible that talk about marriage. But I think this one, which is actually just talking about fellowship and community in general, is one of the ones that shows us what a healthy marriage looks like better than some of the others. Because I think it tells us one thing. We need to be devoted to one another in love. Listen, I'm more devoted to my spouse than I am my desires. Um, Listen, when I say I do, she becomes a priority. Everything else takes a backseat. She is my motivation. She has my signed resignation letter to Transformation Church. Because the day she decides we're not in ministry, I'm not in ministry. Why? Because we're in this together. Why? Because we're going to, we're devoted to loving one another, right? We're going to outdo one another in showing honor. For the record, she loves our church. I thought I should throw that in there. Just for, okay, so, all right. So, here's the reality. Can I just help you out for a second? We shouldn't be looking for a spouse to serve our needs. We should be looking for a person we want to serve. We're looking for a relationship. This is the big thing we need to grab a hold of, and this is kind of what I want to hone in on today. We shouldn't be looking for a person to serve our needs. We should be looking for a person that we want to serve. And here's the myth that I think most of us have bought into when it comes to marriage. I need to find someone that I can marry because I want a spouse. We need, I need to find the person I'm going to marry because I want to be married. I want to have someone with me. Or can we just be frank? I want to have sex, right? Or just whatever. Whatever it is, I want, I want, I want, I want. And what's the key person in that? I. And so listen to me. If, as long as you're pursuing marriage, you're looking for something for you. But the second you start looking for the person, now you're looking for them. And I feel like in marriage, for most people, we've started pursuing the thing I want rather than pursuing the person I want to serve. Because marriage is serving. Ephesians 5.21, it says this, submit to one another. This is actually talking about marriage. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does it look like to be married? Submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus. As you serve Jesus, submit to one another and build that healthy relationship. Ephesians 5.22, what is a way that this looks like? Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Fellas, that was your chance. That was, that was, that was your moment and you lost it. All right, so submit yourselves to your husbands, right, as you do to the Lord. And so here's what I want to help you out with today, if I can. I want to give you a few questions, and this is going to kind of lean into those who are single for just a minute, for those of you that aren't yet married, but I think we can all get something out of it. I just want to give you a few questions as we move through the rest of today on what does it look like, or what are the right questions you need to be asking yourself if you're going to get married one day. And for those of you that are married, these are questions you need to start asking yourself on how God can change you, change them, or change y'all. Okay, so... For those of you Northerners, y'all means everyone. Okay, so just so we're all on the same page. All right, so for for you, for them, y'all, whatever. So here's the very first question. Is this person worth sacrificing for? The first question you have to ask, is this person worth sacrificing for? Because you are going to have to sacrifice for this person. Marriage is a state of sacrificial love. Listen, 
There, marriage is a constant position of trying to, like we said earlier, find the balance, find compromise. Is this person worth sacrificing for? Because here's the real deal. They're going to take part of your money. That's just, listen, it's more expensive for two than it is one. I'm not, I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about like it costs money. Listen, my wife, I'm sure she did not realize what shoes were going to cost her in marriage. And yet here we are, right? I didn't realize, never mind, that doesn't matter. All right, so, right, it's sacri- is this person worth sacrificing for because it's going to take sacrifice to be in marriage? All the married folks say amen, right? So here's the reality. Can I just help you? There will always be a sacrifice on your side to have someone on your side. There will always be a sacrifice on your side to have someone there on your side. If you want someone to be married to you, if you want someone on your side, if you want someone you get to spend the rest of your life with, then you're going to have to be prepared to make some sacrifices in your life. There's going to be some sacrifices in what you get to do. There's going to be some sacrifices in get who you get to hang out with. I love some, I, I'm always with some of the younger guys as they get married in their early 20s and, and mid-20s. And, and, and it's so funny to me how they'll get married but not realize all of what it means to be married. And so they're, they're still trying to live single and be married. And I don't mean like while out in the club. I just mean like play video games eight hours a day. Right? Or like plan a guy's vacation but not talk to their wife first. Right? I got like four buddies. I'm not going to name them because most of them are in the church right now. They're like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, man, your wife's cool with that? And they're like, oh, I haven't talked to her yet. And I was like, I don't think you're doing that, actually. It's like, nah, it'll be fine. I'm like, all right. I see him the next day. I'm like, ah, you're still here, huh? Yeah, all right, cool, right? There's always sacrifice to what it means to have someone on your side. Why? Because that's what it means to be in a relationship. The next question I think is really important that we have to ask. Is this person someone I should become one with? Is this person someone I should become one with, right? When we're looking at the Bible, when we're looking at what it means to be together, right? Genesis 2, 24, it says this. It says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. All right? So whenever a a husband, whenever a man leaves his mother and father, he unites with his wife, and that's a physical uniting, right? They become one flesh, or they get into a covenant of marriage, they have sex, right? They've now become one flesh. Now, this is important because we need to understand something about this, right? Now, maybe you've heard the term the war of your flesh when we're talking about sin. Anybody ever heard that before, right? So when you're dealing with sin, you're dealing with the war of your flesh. Your flesh is at odds with your spirit, right? So the two become one flesh. Well, guess what happens when you get into a physical and sexual relationship with somebody that you're not married to? You take on the war of their flesh. So literally the sin components that they're trapped in in their life now become a part of the sin components of your life. That's why you can watch someone who's a master manipulator and watch someone that's innocent, watch the manipulator bring the innocent person into a physical relationship with them and they become a manipulator because they've taken on this person. Right? And so when they become one flesh, they also deal with the war of the flesh together, which is why when you're dealing with marriage, you need to ask yourself, is this person someone I want to become one with? Right? 
Is this person I want to become one with? Because you need to know that you're taking something on. The next question you have to ask yourself is, is this person someone I can love without changing them? Is this person someone I can love without changing? How, how many of you guys have ever seen someone marry for potential? Like They could be such a good guy. Honey, wait till they are, though. <laughs> right? Like, she could be, so, like, I know if I could get her away from all those friends, she could really be, like, a great wife. Brother, wait till she is, though. Right? Like, listen, we, we have to realize, man, you're going to have to love them without changing them. <clears throat> because you're not marrying who they hope they are, who you hope they are. You're marrying who they actually are. Listen, you didn't become half of who you hope to be. You think they're going to become all of who you hope to be? All right. I said you didn't become all of who you hope to be. You think they're going to become all of who you hope for them to be? Listen, you're not going to change them. Some of them got 20, 30, 40 years of being them. You think you're just going to show up on the scene and because you're just so great, they're going to change everything to be with you? And listen, even if they do, that's short-lived because the tiger doesn't change its stripes. It's coming back to who it used to be. So I, when people sit down with me and they're like, listen, I know he was just, he was this kind of guy for 30 years before we got together. But I really thought, and I was like, you, you didn't think at all. Listen, the reality is you got to learn to love them without changing them. Now that's the drastic extreme, but how about just how they manage their money? Right? How, how about just... Some of the things that they do in life. Listen, you have to understand, you got to be able to love them without changing them, which is why I think this is important. Let me give this to you. You got to love who, they're, who they are, not who you hope they'll be. One of my buddies, uh, Pastor Aaron, down in Tampa, he says, You, you got to make sure you're marrying pattern, not potential. Because they have a pattern of being who they are, and you don't marry them for potential. you got to marry them for pattern. Do they have a pattern of pursuing a godly lifestyle, not potential to pursue a godly lifestyle? Do they have a pattern of managing their money well, not a potential to manage their money well? Do they have a pattern of being faithful to the people they care about and love, not just the potential to pursue the or to, to take care of the people that they love? Listen, you got, you got to make sure listen, you're not looking for potential. you got to start paying attention to patterns because patterns will tell you a lot more than what you just hope for they'll tell you what you can expect because if they got patterns the patterns will hold true I said if they, if they have patterns the patterns will hold true amen so listen when you're looking for somebody stop looking for what you hope they'll be you got to start looking for the person that they are their patterns show you everything and you marry someone for what they are not what you hope they'll be which brings me to the next question is this person someone I'm willing to change for is this someone I'm willing to change for because you have to limit how much you're expecting them to change but hear me you also have to be willing to change a good bit how many guys ever realized that you got to be willing to change some Right, you get in, you get into marriage. I thought I was going to turn my wife into a social butterfly. She's an introvert. I was like, oh, we'll get married. She'll be fine. She, I, listen, I thought for sure she was just, oh, she's going to find her space. She's going to love. Ah, she's going to. It's going to be great. Can I tell you something? She did not turn into the social butterfly I thought. But I definitely turned into a bit of a hermit now that we're married. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, <laughs> I love my couch. 
and Survivor and Chick-fil-A. I do. I do. It is what it is. All right. I'm still not in love with Target yet. Ladies, y'all can have all that. All right. So, <clears throat> which I don't really think y'all want us there anyways, to be honest with you. I don't think you, because then you got to buy the things you said you were actually going in there for. All right. So I don't think you want us there. So, cause we're going in, we're buying it and we're leaving. So that Target trip, I'm like, I don't know how y'all spent three hours here. We just did it in 20 minutes. Anyways, I feel like I had to get that off my chest. All right. So the reality is this, all right. Marriage isn't about making them into what you want them to be. It's about becoming who you need to be. Marriage isn't about making them in who you want them to be. Marriage is about becoming who you need to be. Let me elaborate on that for just a second. Can I just help you? I say this every year and I'll keep saying it every year. One of the main purposes of marriage is not happiness. I'm going to say it again. Your happiness is not the main goal in marriage. Your happiness was not God's main motivator and give you a spouse. Your happiness was not what God was looking for when he was like, here's this amazing person that's going to get on your nerves a lot. All right, your happiness was not God's motivator when he partnered you up with that person. Can I tell you what his main goal was? Holiness. His main goal for you wasn't your happiness, it's your holiness. What is one of the main ways God shows us how we can be more like him? By showing us the ways we're not like him yet. Your spouse has a way of getting on your nerves and just the way to show you areas you need to become more like Jesus. Like, can I help you out for a second? The fact that a spouse does these things and it gets on my nerves doesn't mean they need to change those things about themselves. It means I need to change my patience level. So when they have this stuff going on, listen, God brought them to me, not so that I could change these things that get on my nerves. He brought them to me so that I could see how my anger problem is still deep rooted. And if I'm gonna live like Jesus, I'm gonna have to deal with this. Marriage isn't about happiness, changing this person to meet all of my needs. Marriage is about holiness where those things that they're dealing with gets on my nerves. It triggers my bitterness. It steps on my toes. It makes me uncomfortable. My patience level wears thin. And guess what? Every single one of those things isn't an opportunity for me to point at my spouse and say, you need to get it together. It's God's opportunity to point at me and say, you need to get it together. So marriage is a constant way of God saying, I'm not done with you yet. But God, didn't you see that they didn't do the dishes for three days? God's going, oh, no, no, no. I knew they weren't going to do the dishes for three days. (laughs) But you have some control freak tendencies where you keep trying to boss your spouse around rather than loving them well. And I need to deal with that part of you, not that part of them. Oh, you're welcome. So when God shows up on the scene, listen, he brings marriage into our lives. Of course, we get to celebrate. Of course, we love each other. Of course, we get to live together. Listen, me and my wife have more fun than anyone I've ever seen. We laugh so much. I love my wife. But most of the things that my wife does that get on my nerves is God's way of showing me I still have some things he's fixing in me. Not saying he's still got some things he's fixing in her. So I'm going, all right, God, (sighs) help me with this. All right, God. Help me let go of some of these things. All right, God, help me deal with this. Why? Because I'm asking God, I really need help dealing with these things. That's why Ephesians 5, 25, it says this. It says, husbands, love your wives 
just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. So what does it look like to truly love your spouse? It's a sacrificial kind of love. It's a sacrificial kind of love where you you give up things for it, where you love them passionately. But listen, you do it in a way that you're laying down you to love them. That's what it looks like. But in the Bible, there's four words for the word love. Four words for the word love. I want to give them to you very quickly because I want, you to, I want to help you understand something so that you can understand what it truly looks like to have a healthy marriage. Now, the first one, the word storage or storge, right? It's a love for a family member or a child. So in English language, we just have the word love. But in the Bible, there's four different words. So there's one storage, which is like love for a child. That's where your affection, the parents in here, how you love your children. That's a, that's a different kind of love. Storage, that's a, that's a love you have, an affectionate love for your children, your child, right? Or, or a family member, a mother or a father. So you have this different kind of love for them that has a different root in your heart. How many of you guys will acknowledge there's a different root in your heart for those people, right? And so there's a special kind of love for that. And there's a word for it. Then there's eros, which is a love displayed through sexual intimacy, right? So once you get married, you can eros all night long, okay? <laughs> I said what I said. So, so you can, like, you know what I mean? We're going to get t-shirts. You know, can't wait to eros. No, yeah, so like, the people that see it are going to be like, ah, no, all right, so. But there's, a, there's the love that that's a, it is a sexual love. It's an intimate love. It goes beyond just, hey, I love you, I love you. Because how many guys know in the English language, we've used love for a lot of things, right? Like I love sushi, right? But I don't arrow sushi, right? Like, so... So we, we only use one word, love, but there's, there's different words in the Bible. I'm just helping you out for just a second, right? Then there's another word called phileo, which is, uh, this is like a love, a brotherly love. M- love of mutual benefit, mutual affection, right? So that's like the, that's like the I love you bro kind of love. You know what I mean? You see two dudes and they don't know how to display their affection properly because we're too masculine. You know what I mean? It's like, I love you bro. There's one of these things. Right? Or the bring it in, bring it in. All right, right. So that's kind of, that's a phileo. That's a, that's a, a mutual beneficial kind of love. And I just want to help you out for a second. I believe many of us <clears throat> who are in a pursuit of marriage or even many of us that got into marriage, we thought we were getting into a phileo kind of love in marriage, a mutual beneficial relationship. But that's not the way Jesus talks about marriage. You see, we thought we were getting into a marriage, it was going to benefit me, and maybe I might benefit them. This is a, a mutual beneficial, mutual like contract. I'm getting something out of this, you're getting something out of this. And listen, we just we love each other, we phileo each other, but that's not the word that Jesus used to describe, and it's not the use the word Paul used to describe marriage. He used the word that actually means which is agape. And agape means pure willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. So when he said, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church, he literally used the word, he didn't use the word phileo. He didn't use the word eros. He used the word agape. 
He said, I want you to willingly and sacrificially lay yourself down for the highest good of another person. What does it look like to be in marriage? It means to willingly lay yourself down for the good of them. I'm gonna lay it all down. Whatever they need, I'm laying it down. And listen, I believe far too many of us have went into a phileo marriage. And I'm here to tell you today, for some of you, God is wanting to transition that into an agape type of love. You went into a mutual beneficial contract with someone and you keep finding both of yourselves feeling let down. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants you to step into an agape love. He wants you to step into a sacrificial, willful love, right? A pure love. Listen, my greatest desire outside of experiencing the Holy Spirit and communing with Jesus, my greatest desire is to make sure that my wife is loved every day of her life. Last night, we did a big vow renewal. I did one for her and it was a a very special moment. I planned it for a year. Um, She found out 45 minutes before it started. (laughs) Literally found out 45 minutes before it started. Spent a lot of money. She didn't particularly care for that part. Uh, But it it was an amazing day. And at the end, there's a number of people that were able to just be there, a part of it with us. And a lot of people were like, what was like, why, you know, why did you do it or whatever? And I said, because she deserves it. And they're like, yeah, but you could have done this and you could have, you know, one person was joking. They're like, I can't imagine the shoes you could have bought with the money that you spent on this day. I was like, I didn't even think about that, bro. No, yeah. (laughs) But it was one of those things, to be honest with you, it never crossed my mind because it was a sacrificial kind. I want to show her every day of our lives how much she means to me. I'm going to sacrifice every chance I get to make sure she knows. And and thank God she feels the same way for me because that's what marriage looks like. And so I wanna encourage you today, for some of you, you may need to change the type of love you're using for your spouse. And you may need to move from a mutually beneficial relationship to a sacrificial love that is here for the highest desire and the highest good of the person you're married to. And if we'll do it together, we'll watch God unlock a part of our marriage that we didn't even know could exist. Because when you both lay everything down for the other, you get to experience a portion of each other's heart you didn't even know existed. And that's what we want. And so I pray today as we kick off this series that God will take you into a very special place. So how do we do it? What's the key? Let me just give this to you. Make the person the prize. Make the person the prize. Not the marriage, not the relationship. Make the person the prize. So what am I boiled down to as we wrap up today and then we'll pray? The greatest evidence that you love someone, look at your neighbor and say love. The greatest evidence that you love someone is that you give for them way more than you get from them. So give for them and watch God do something great in your marriage. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that we can step into a realization that there is a love God, that goes way beyond just mutual beneficial. God, there's a love that goes way beyond contracts. There's a covenantal sacrificial love. And God, I pray that you bring each one of us to that place. God, I pray for those that are married, you would help us realize there's probably some things in the way we approach our spouse that we could change, where it's not just about 
trying to get what we need from each other, but it's about laying ourselves down for each other the way you laid yourself down for the church, Jesus. So I pray that we would look to you to be a mirror of how we're supposed to love our spouse. But in addition to that, God, we would realize that you're doing something in our hearts to draw us together. We thank you for it, and we love you in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you say, man, Brad, if I'm going to reflect Jesus in my marriage, I need to know Jesus. And very quickly, because our time is gone, if you need Jesus in your life, you know sin separated you from God, but you're ready to be forgiven of your sins, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me today. And your faith in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins, that faith and the grace you receive is all you need to be saved. And so let's pray this prayer and the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. See, see, let's give it up for all those that pray that perhaps the first time. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.